NZ Aerosports, Icarus Canopies, now Gyro. That's right, we've rebranded, and Gyro is our next generation. It honours our founder, as that's the name we knew him by, but Gyro also marks the start of a new chapter. And not to be biased, but it's going to be fucking epic. Long story short, we're more us than ever. So if you're new to the sport, or even a Sky God Ninja Turtle, welcome. I think our valiant leader Lucy, Gyro's daughter, says it best. And we still got that fuck your attitude. <laughs> Rebrand! Woo! Rebrand woo indeed, Lucy. Anyway, head over to gyro.com for more info and get amongst your legends. I was 19, broke, unemployed, and sold my girlfriend's canopy for drug money. So, I thought I'd better sew her a new one. What a sentence, and what a story. This describes the humble yet outrageous beginnings of NZ Aerosports, the home of Icarus Canopies, in the words of our founder himself. From getting a paratrooper toy from his mom, watching parachutes at the DZ as a six-year-old, jumping off the wharf with a parachute made from bedsheets, doing his first jump at 16, sewing his first canopy on a borrowed machine at 19, and starting to sell parachutes out of a garage in 1986, Paul Gyro Martin had an undying love for the sky. Our company started with one man with the wildest of spirits in a true blue sky dream, a renegade. In the time that Gyro created and ran the Icarus Canopies brand until he passed away in 2017, he pushed everything he had to its limits. We miss him and we always will. Gyro is the next generation of NZ Aerosports. It honors our founder, of course, because it was the name we all knew him by, but Gyro the rebrand also marks the start of a new chapter, our next jump. Gyro is the space between sound and silence, art and science, chaos and calm. Gyro is a state of epic tranquility that transcends understanding. That moment, in the door, in free fall, mid-swoop, where nothing but the present exists. A perfect balance of euphoria and thrill. Gyro captures our passion for flying and our commitment to designing break-the-fucking-rules canopies that deliver pilots pure, wild flight. Hey gang, so I got a new book out. It's called The Upside of Fear, and it's exactly what you think it's about. It's about the good side of, well getting scared. In it, we talk not only about the science and biology behind fear, but the psychology as well. And it's not just coming from me, it's coming from some of the best in the sport. Omar Alhijalan, Jeff Provenzano, Maxine Tate, and so many more have contributed their sometimes terrifying stories to the book to help you overcome your fear. So head to the lunaticfringepodcast.com. You're going to find the link to the book there as well as the other books. It's available in ebook, paperback, hardback, and audiobook right now. Coming straight from the cockpit, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Who the fuck are you, and what do you do? Well, daggum. Uh, my name's Joe Jennings, and uh, I coordinate stunts, and I'm a camera flyer. Joe Jennings. That's Joe Jennings. That is Joe Jennings. Dude, the dude, one that's fucking Joe Jennings. Joe Jennings. Holy shit. <laughs> Welcome back to Lunatic Fringe Into the Void, and part two with the one and only Joe Jennings. I think one of the things that, that, that I 
I discovered was that, um, you know, none, none of us are immune. Mm. Like some of, some of the best of the best, the people who we felt like were indestructible, um, you know, uh, you realize that, you know, in some ways we're, you know, we're still doing this by the grace of God, right? Sure. I'm, I'm going to guess that both of you can probably share this with me that statistically you probably shouldn't be here, sure. right? Absolutely. How many bullets have each of us dodged? Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, I've recognized that and I think I've, I've kind of learned to become grateful mm. that, you know, that, 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 um, that I'm still here and healthy and able to do this. Sure. I've kind of learned that. Um, you know, and I've also, I've also learned that, that in my career, because I, I, I really, I like to do kind of crazy stuff, right? I love, I love the fluid dynamics of trying to make something fly, <laughs> but I also really love just crashing stuff into sure. the desk and cleaning it up, you know? <laughs> right. And we do, you know, we do all this crazy stuff. And I, and I realized partway through that, that, you know, my entire career has been, I, I walked this fine line between doing really cool things or winning a Darwin award. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? yep. Because, you know, it's like if, if we fail and kill ourselves, the people who write that book are going to say, okay, so they were jumping with the toilet <laughs> and the toilet hit them in the head. And, you know, it's like, we're going to give them a Darwin award for taking themselves out of the genetic Sure. Sure. So, so Joe, here's here's a perfect segue. You know, here you came out with a great movie called uh, Good Stuff. And how did you come up with the idea of Trash Day? This is what you're alluding to. Epic. How did you come up with that idea? What you know? Did just did you wake up one morning and say, "Let's just throw shit out of a (laughs) sky van"? (laughs) Oh, um. Like I said, you know, sky surfing, I was really attracted to things people could relate to on the ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's like driving a car in free fall, which junk day kind of came out of my desire to see if we could make a car, you know, <laughs> what it would be like to throw cars out of planes. And then once I started to put that together, it was like, well, there's all this extra room in the plane and there's all these great skydivers at Skydive Arizona. <laughs> let's use that space and grab all the stuff we can find and, and pitch it out. And, um, I don't know. I just, I just, I just love that stuff. You know, I, I still do. It's like, you know, you're kind of geeking out on fluid dynamics cause you're trying to think of how to make something fly. Um, that shouldn't fly. I remember and, watching um, that fucking Honda still drawn to it. I remember watching that Honda going out of the back of the aircraft and at it seemed stable and it everything looked like it was going nice and smooth and then at one point you're just like oh fuck that just got proper sketchy. <laughs> I mean so from an outsider's perspective watching that video I wanted I mean how sketchy did that actually get? <laughs> sketchy. How how fucking nasty was that? Way, <laughs> way nasty. I think I think you can ask Dan. Think, you can ask Dan BC, and you can ask Olaf, who got saved by the grace of God. Woo. 
Yes. Right. So our very first car, we find out that, okay, cars have big surface areas and they are very efficient at tracking when they want to. (laughs) Right. A big flat surface area. And we, you know, kind of expected that a car would fly straight down the pipe because it's just so heavy. So our initial thinking, right, you just so much of this, you, you take your best guess and then you find out when you do it. Right. Right. And so we throw the first car out of the plane and it was, I think Greg Gasson, Charles, Brian were in that car and they got tossed out pretty quick. And, um, Olav was cruising around for a shot and it's so great, you know, because Olav used to, you know, Olav, I mean, Olav is Olav, right? And he used to, you know, pull me aside. It was funny because (laughs) Olav approached Rob a few times while we were together and, you know, Tell him if you really want the good, you know, artistic camera flyer, you know, you should fly with me instead of Joe Jennings, you know. And Rob would come to me and say, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to go with Olaf. I'm like, oh, yeah, great. Go, you know. Enjoy. Yeah, that goes. Yeah. And then um, um, and then Olaf would always, you know, he would call. I have these big wings. I fly with big wings for a few reasons. One is it helps me to slow down every time I'm, it's time to deploy. I can really slow down and get a softer deployment, which is important with the heavy cameras, hmm. right? But it, it, it also, it, it just gives you a huge amount of power as far as backsliding or, or side sliding or whatever you need to do. And, 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 and Olaf would, and I would always have this discussion, you know, where he, he called them my training wheels <clears throat> <laughs> because I did not know how to fly the surface areas <laughs> of my body well. Enough. And so I need these training wheels. You know, he was very clever, right? <laughs> the way that he would say oh, God damn. <laughs> So we go up, right, and we film that first car, and and so it starts tracking around, and 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 I'm able to just slide, right? So yep. I could just slide, and it zings by me, and then I slide the other way, and I get the huge amount of power with these wings, huge, right? If you if you have these monster wings and you dip a shoulder, you're going someplace, yep. right? I think what happened to Olaf was he was um, uh, uh, he he the car was flying slow so omar uh, olaf finds himself on his belly not really in his element so much on his belly and this car just comes at him and he can't get out of the way and it just clobbers him yep. just clobbers him and, and and omar like you were saying right by the grace of god the car slowed down before it took him out yeah absolutely i mean he was so lucky yeah. so lucky on that and, and i remember because he got ejected from that plane he was sitting kind of on the back Myself and uh, and uh, Greg were sitting in the front. There was uh, PD uh, Joe in the back with Olaf and a third guy. Yes, I can't remember who the third guy was. Uh, Brent, maybe I'm not sure. Oh, there was Pierce Joe. Yeah, PD Joe, uh, Pierce, Olaf, Joe. myself, and Greg, and a and a fifth. Olaf, <laughs> you, you, Greg, yeah. Pierce Joe. And Olaf. Greg Greg was driving. I was shotgun. Olaf was in the back. And I remember he gets ejected. Then the rest of us get ejected. And then he's trying to fly with the pl- with the car. And I'm telling you, by the grace of God, you, you got to watch it again. And oh, yeah. you'll see that scene. And you see it. I mean, it's just unbelievable how it was just 
a hit. I mean, it was a hard hit, yeah. but it could have been a deadly hit. Oh, yeah. Oh, wasn't. absolutely. Well, I remember watching it and thinking, oh, my oh, yeah. fucking God. I mean, <laughs> that thing lit my hair on fire just watching it. So I, I, I'm actually quite relieved to find out that it was in t- as intense for you guys as it was for me to watch. And then, and then on the next one, Dan BC got really lucky because that, that could have been a much worse outcome getting hit by that frame. I mean... See, I, wait, I, I love this. Yeah, he got I the love, windshield right in his nose. Yeah. I love that the first one was super fucking sketchy, and now you're talking about the second one. <laughs> well, you got to have a second one. you, you got to make it better, right? <laughs> this is... Well, actually, Omar, that was our third one. That was the black Honda, and it was the third one. And right. the reason I did the third and fourth one and and this isn't to put Olaf down. Trust me. All respect to Olaf. 100%. I, I remember when I first saw what Olaf was doing back in the day. I remember seeing it like in the 93 World Meet, 94 World Meet, the yep. things that he did, you and he did together. Um, I remember looking at a lot of that stuff with my mouth just wide open and just learning and desiring the ability to do similar things. And um, I mean, just, you know, just in it. it extraordinary talent um but um but part of the reason why you know i did the the third and fourth car the black car and the green car (laughs) was um that at the end of the day after we filmed that first junk day everybody in the room had had signed releases uh and i thought i had collected all the releases you know and um at 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 the end of the day you know uh we're we're in uh, Olav's trailer smoking pot. So I'm kind of stoned and, and I'm worthless. It's the end of the day. We're celebrating. <laughs> I done. smoke a little and I'm just, uh, 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 you know, like there's just not much coming out of me. And that's when Olav pulls me aside and says, so I didn't sign your contract, <laughs> you know, show and me the money, like, show me the money. <laughs> Big time. It was just like, I want to partner with you on this movie you're doing. I want to do this. I want this connection. I And then I'll sign a release. But I need to have all these, you know, I need to really have my hooks in this movie. You know what I mean? And um, at the time, I just kind of was like kind of stunned by it and too stoned to do a damn thing about it or say anything. I was just like, what really Could you maybe sign it? You know, it'd be great if you did. And then as I came out, you know, after that for a few weeks, I was just furious, you know, and, 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 and I, I tried calling him about it a few times and I complained to the drop zone and all this stuff and I was getting nowhere. So that's when I brought out the other two cars and, uh, let's just do it again. we're just going to, we're just going to do it again. And, and at that point, I think a lot was like, you know, all right, well, I'm not going to get anywhere with this, you know? So he pulled me aside and he just said, man, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know what I was thinking. Here's your release. And, and that was it, you know? Cool. Right. And, 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 we, and we were good. Now that. I wanted to ask, how did the living room come about? Chucking a living room out of you an know, airplane. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I, I can't even wrap my head around how the what? fuck someone decides they want to throw a, a living a room, room a TV, a couch, in freefall. Everything. Yeah. I don't. But so, how did this happen? Well, um, 
I think it was a Japanese TV show we were... <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> it had to, to be. <laughs> yeah. And what I used to do when, 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 I was, when I was making good stuff with producers... They would if they oh, there was all these reality shows back then, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Today we have YouTube, so everything gets posted. But back then there was all these reality shows looking to one up each other on some stunt or something else. And so this Japanese show wanted to do something and and we came up with this um with this with this living room idea. Um one of the things I used to do when I was making good stuff was I would um, make a deal with producers that uh, I will shoot this for you and I would give them my rates and then I would say, but I'll give you my services for free. Like I won't charge anything for my work as a camera flyer in this if I can have footage rights and use it in my movie. Hmm. I would see opportunities like, wow, okay, this production is going to pay for me to go shoot something I would love to have in my movie. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to just give them a rocking deal. And um, so that was one of those cases where, you know, this production paid for me to build, you know, these two platforms and, 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 uh, you know, with chairs and a working TV and all that. And uh, God, it was amazing, right? I mean, it was like, it was the funniest opening sequence to the movie you could possibly have, right? right? Where this announcer is telling these two guys about, you know, about this video that they're going to see. And then, you know, and it's funny because both of the guys are looking at the, you know, they're both kind of a little bit in over their heads and you can see they've got this serious look on their faces, right? Mm-hmm. And one guy starts to break character because he's starting to get relaxed. So he's starting to look and give the chakra sign to the camera and stuff like that. But a flower pot flies off and hits him right in the lip. <laughs> and it puts him right back, back into in character, place. right? Where he's serious again, right? You know? It's like the living room was like, snap out of it, boy. You're not having fun, right? This is work. So, you know, yeah, exactly, right? you know, get back in the character. And so then they fly off the room and then the room proceeds to, 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 um, crash what 75 feet away from our ground crew, yeah. you know, in one of the greatest, you know, crashes that you could ever do. And, um, so we had a beautiful opening sequence and that's, that's where, you know, that's the story behind that one. Oh man. I mean, it was epic. You know, a, a lot of people see uh, see the movies that you've made, see a lot of the incredible stunts that you've put together and that you've filmed, but they don't see all the stuff that goes behind it. Mm. For instance, all the craziness that led up to the plane to plane. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Difficulties, yeah, difficulties know, with production, or, difficulties you, with the plane, difficulties with you name it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Omar, for sure. And, and I think that's one of the things that I really love about this stuff is <clears throat> a lot of these projects really require, first of all, a lot of time in the desert, a lot of physical manual work, getting dusty and oily and dirty, um, you know, all nighters, junk food, beer, you know, that whole process has mm -hmm. kind of got its own magic. Mm. You know, it's really, really, you know, I really enjoy that part of it. And, 
Um, and then, you know, the pure rush of just like filming what you've been working on for a week or two mm. is, is exciting. Um, that airplane to plane project was interesting. You know, I had, um, you and, um, Steve Curtis, who I was just getting to know at the time, yep. uh, and Greg Gasson. Um, I just really wanted people who could, I wanted people who could fly at belly speed, but who could also fly vertically too, in case we needed to, like, I just needed that range. And so you guys were sort of a natural, um, a natural, uh, fit, right. I think to, to go chase that thing. And, um, and so we, we did it with the, the, the Porter and the Porter was rigged out beautifully with the Lexan interior and all of this stuff. If my headphone dies, let me know, just wave at me. I'll throw the other one on. <laughs> cool. Um, but anyway, um, so I set it up with a, 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 a production and I think it was a show called that's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. Yep. Is that what it was? Omar? Yep. That's incredible. Yeah. I remember that show. And so, um, you know, we get into it and we start having, you know, there's weather that's slowing us down. And then, uh, the, the drogue snaps off on, on one of our test flights. And, you know, so we're running into some issues and the, 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 with us start getting kind of spooked and they call back to the producers and. Los Angeles and they get spooked and pretty soon they're, they're just can't like, we can, you know, we're not going to do this. And I knew we could do it. Like I just, I knew we could pull it off. And, um, so, you know, I basically just said, okay, well, you know, if you guys want to pull out, I'll take on responsibility for this whole thing, uh, financially and everything. I'll, I'm just going to make it my project. Um, and, but if we, you know, succeed, then we'll talk about you guys licensing the footage for me. So I will own the footage now, hmm. uh, which was great because I had not made that deal with these guys and, and they agreed to that. And, um, and then the weather cleared and we killed it. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Omar, it was like, absolutely. You know, in one bam, day, bam, bam. we did all the three jumps. Jump. Yep. Totally. You flew up and got in the first time and, and we're standing there waving at us. And it was like, oh, <laughs> all right, we're on a roll, <laughs> you know. And then the weather was perfect. And we, you know, bam, all three of you guys get in. And it was like we went from, you know, being in the hole and being. And that was one of those things. And you remember, Omar, like we used to. Every now and then we'd look at each other going, all right, we may not be making any money, but let's work let's anyway. Do it. Oh, <laughs> you know? absolutely. And then other jumpers. Yeah. And other jumpers who are with us are like, I'm not doing that, man. This isn't <laughs> cool the way this is going. And you would pull them aside. I remember you did that. Um, when we were doing Pepsi, you, you pulled one of the guys aside and said, hang in there, dude, we do this sometimes, Absolutely. you know, and then it to. worked out. Yeah, yeah. It, and it, and it, it always does at the end of the day, again, back to passion and that's it. Now I gotta ask about. Yeah. Uh, um, you, I mean, you've done a bunch of things that, uh, granted, they're a bunch of years back, but uh, they were so iconic. The 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 goose video, the the formation yeah. flight with the goose and Rob. 
I mean, fuck me. With Tro- Actually, it was with Troy. It was, oh, that was me, with Troy, Troy Hartman. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, absolutely epic footage. Just all these different things that you've done down the road. Which one stands out to you the most? Which one is like the, man, I, I fucking did that? I think, I think, um, yeah, Goose is definitely one of those. Mm. You know, um, that was just epic right out the gate on a number of levels. Um, I thought it was just beautifully done and produced and it became a super popular Super Bowl ad. And so, yeah, um, that was definitely one that I, I felt great about. Um, we did another living room not too long ago for, uh, NVIDIA. Yeah. It was stellar uh, looking too. Uh, Slick looking set. Yeah, man. Beautiful living room. Slick living room. Huh? Slick looking living room. It was beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it was like a really, like, really nicely designed living room. 3,000 pounds of steel frame with with fairings and everything built into it out of a C-130. (laughs) And we got that thing to fly right side up with, you know, like it was actually a nicely designed living room. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's another one that stands out to me that I feel really good about, you know, that was kind of like a, kind of a technical achievement, mm. you know, so that, that felt really good. Um, I think a lot of the traveling, um, you know, I'm also really grateful for, you know, just the camaraderie and the, you know, just the, the, the people who I got to know, um, mm. you know, Greg actually introduced me to, and, and encouraged me to work, you know, with, with Omar and Steve and then, you know, and then I got to working with, um, well, you know, Omar, when I was working with you and Greg, obviously I realized I was onto a good thing. You had a lot of talent, you had a lot of, you know, a lot of ability and you were also had a very good work ethic, which was important to me. Like you weren't ready to walk away when things got hard. You know what I mean? And, 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 and the thing is, in this business, sometimes it does get hard. It's not all it's not all beautiful shots and nope. sunny skies. Exactly. Sometimes it's really it's it's really difficult. Mm-hmm. You know. And you know what made it easy and, was having um, a good leader like yourself. I'll be honest with you, you you led us in a very having, good way. A good leader such as yourself, and we needed that. We needed someone oh, to. Thanks. No, a hundred percent. I mean, we couldn't have done it without you. And I'm not just blowing sunshine up your ass. I'm telling you the truth that you weren't just the cameraman. You were so much more than that because you you were the one that took care of us. And I'll tell you one thing. In addition to that, you know, I I pride myself in really being a good father and trying to do the best I can in raising my daughter. And I'll tell you why. You have been my biggest mentor because when I saw you. You, the way you were with Joey and Sammy when they were growing up, to me, I was so amazed by your patience and your love and dedication to them. And you were kind of our father in all these gigs. So I definitely thank you for that. So it was easy for us to to do everything we could to make them happen. Oh, dude, thank you. Wow. That's great. That's great. I'm, I'm glad you felt that way. I know that like, you know, some of it goes by in a blur because we did so much. We did so many projects, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I know that one thing I had going was just, I know I had a strong work ethic and I had the passion and I think that was kind of like sort of the right energy to have to, to do these things, you know, and, and, and I was drawn to people who shared that, mm. you know, um, 
but you know, it's interesting. You talk about the kids, um, Omar, and it's, I loved parenting. I mean, I loved it. That was my recharge. Mm -hmm. That was really where, you know, I would find my energy again. I I could go off and do things, but I would become exhausted and I just want to go home and just, you know, recharge with the kids. Absolutely. Not good for a career. (laughs) Not good for a career at all. No, no. Because before them, you know, before kids, it's like, you do a job and you're in some beautiful place and it's like, let's stay for two or three more weeks and shoot something beautiful. Right. Yeah, yeah. That went down the tubes. It was just like, get the job done. Go, go back home. home. Get the job done. Go home. <laughs> Not good at all for a career. <laughs> yeah. Kids can change things. That's for damn sure. What was it like? Uh, no go- doubt. And, and man, your kid Omar is just right. Remarkable. She's just such a, Cool kid. Wow. She's Thanks, a freaking man. rock star, man. I had her in the studio when I had the entire family in to do the podcast. And if you haven't listened to it, you'll love it because Dunya is the star of the show. She she pretty much takes the oh, cake. Wow. Oh, she's absolutely hilarious. And then of course she kick on Facebook and see that this kid can fly better than me in the tunnel. And she's already skydiving wow. and doing all this amazing stuff. And then you stop by the jujitsu studio and see her kicking the living shit out of other kids doing stuff that I can't do. It's ridiculous. She's amazing. <laughs> Thank she's, you. Thank that's, you. that's that's amazing. Well done. Man, yeah, wow, well yeah. done. That's great. You know, Th- thank you for I think setting a kid the example. That can, you know, that it can express themselves that way. You know, a kid that you know is just like outgoing and has all of that. It's just you know, basically, I think in the parenting, it's just allowing the kid to, you know, allow, allowing the kid to show their potential. Right? So, no, um, you know, I, um, because I'm I think sorry. it's. I, I always say my yeah. job my job is to open as many doors as possible for her, but to let her decide which ones to walk through. I, I agreed. Entirely agreed. And then to kind of trust the process, right? Because yeah. I think as, as parents, we worry. Oh. And I think that's one of, when I think back on it, I, as a parent, that's one of my biggest sins. Like that's one of my biggest mistakes as a parent was worrying about them. Yeah, because we put on the brakes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, so now I'll ask both of you because I think it's a it's a it's a really interesting question um, in regard to children <laughs> having lived the lifestyles that we've all lived. Because let's face it, none of our lifestyles have been considered anything near normal. You know, uh, we're never going to be able to to point to our kid and say I would have never done such a thing because <laughs> we have and probably a whole lot worse. So, do you think that that's been a benefit in your parenting? Because for me as a parent, I am dramatically more open with my daughter and open with the things that I've done and experienced both good and bad. And I'm happy to share my fuck ups as well as my successes. So for me, it's been a huge thing. And I'm guessing you guys feel the same way. Go ahead, Joe. Oh, I, I, yeah, for sure. I do. Because, you know, before I lay down any laws, I'm too busy questioning myself. (laughs) (laughs) Like before I, you know, tell my kids like this is right and this is wrong. It's like, you know, um, I'm too busy thinking back on like all the madness that, you know, that was my life growing up. Sure. How can I tell them what, you know, 
Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I think it, it lended at least uh, specifically for me to being more of a friend than a, 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 a parent, as weird as that is. I mean, which I think is fantastic. It makes total sense. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. How about you? Yeah. Exactly. And it's so funny how they, you know, they, they constantly say, no, you need to be a parent, not a friend. You need to be a parent, not a friend. Fuck that. Oh, really? No. Disagree. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, Absolutely. I don't think that makes I, any sense. I uh, um I, I like that uh, like my the big thing with my daughter and I is what adventure is going to be next. Where are we going to go next? What are we going to see next? You know, it's not a you must do this and must do that. And she's a dramatically more responsible adult than I have ever been and i had nothing to do with it <laughs> I, I mean i'll tell you i w when i was her age my re my report cards were shit right and then i look at hers they're all straight a's i'm like who'd you come from i mean you definitely didn't come from me that's well, for sure raise your hand if your report card, you? or if, raise your hand if your teacher sent notes to your parents that said uh, if he only applied himself Amen. <laughs> My hand is up. Right? Yeah. Exactly. That was always you know, the thing. Most it's... likely to fail. Yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah. It was never a lack of intelligence. It was a lack of interest. He, uh, if he would just apply himself, he'd do fantastic. So I'm so glad that my well, daughter is taken from my right? mistakes. As a kid, how many times were you sitting in class and you, the teacher thinks you're stupid? The kids around you think you're stupid <laughs> because when the teacher calls on you and asks a question, you were in another planet. World. Oh yeah. You know. <laughs> Absolutely. And. and so you look up and, and you say, what? And everybody just thinks like, okay, there's idiot there. And you feel like you were an idiot, but you just were, you were just, you were thinking about something else. Sure. Absolutely. You weren't there. Absolutely. You know? Something dramatically more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Now on, on the subject of kids for both of you as well, um, we have to, on a regular basis throughout our careers, deal, deal with a, a pretty significant amount of loss. Um, how has that um, affected you in the way that you deal with your kids? And how has, has them dealing with your losses? Because I know my daughter has seen me deal with, mm -hmm. you know, an enormous amount of, of loss from friends and, and such. And do you think that that's also been something that's guided them as well? Because they've obviously seen both of you deal with things that most people don't deal with. Mm. Mm. Right. I mean, it's go ahead, Omar. You well, take, you I, take that one. I, I'll, I'll take I'll take the lead on this one in saying that I, I was very lucky that my daughter was young. <clears throat> you know, she's only nine, about to turn ten, so she was pretty young. But in the past couple, you know, let's say in the past three years, she has seen a lot of that, and she got to witness firsthand the death of her grandpa. Mm. So. Uh, it brought it back to reality, but she's a very smart kid, and she's been able to digest it. Sure. And so dealing with her about it and talking to her about it, she's extremely compassionate, mm. and she sees it. She senses it. Sure. As soon as there's something, she'll come up to me, and she'll ask me, what happened? What's wrong, Dad? Sure. And I'll be very blunt with her. You know, I don't sugarcoat it. I'll sure. tell her, you know, I, I've lost so-and-so. There's been an accident, what have, what have you. And she's just there, and she'll put her arm around me, and she'll be super compassionate. She'll give me a hug. She'll give me a kiss. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't try to hide it from her. Sure. I, I don't try to uh, – to, and, and I guess I've never really thought about the fact that, okay, maybe by letting her into it, I'm also saying, well – 
oh, guess what? Daddy might be next sure. at some point. And, and I'm sure that must have crossed her mind. Or maybe it hasn't. I really don't know. Sure. We've never really addressed it. I mean, that's a, yeah, that's a weird thing, too. And I suppose, I, are, are we all first-generation skydivers? I am, yes. Joe, how about you? Is your family jumpers before you, or were you the first skydiver? I was first. Okay, so the same thing all the way around. Um, you guys have had to deal just like I have with having to explain to family members and non-jumping friends what it's like to deal with these losses. Um, it's it's a, it's a fucking difficult thing, mm-hmm. isn't it? Because people it's, just don't – it's tough to understand if you're not in it. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, and, and for some, it's much trickier than others. Sure. You know, sometimes we have a really hard time digesting a certain death in a certain event. Sure. I, I know for me, my first uh, skydiving death was Rob Harris. Right. And I know, Joe, that, that hit you really hard. I mean, that, that, was, def- mm-hmm. that, that was definitely a topic that that you had to deal with, and it took you a while to digest that. I mean, it was, I mean, I never even met Rob and it was hard for me to digest because I was watching you guys with hero worship, you know, uh, just like you were watching McGowan and the crew. That's the same way that I looked at you guys. So I can't even imagine, especially with the, the, the relationship that you guys formed together, dealing with Rob must have been ridiculously difficult. It, it was, um, it was, um, it was, you know, to say that I, that I dealt with it, it's, it's in a lot of ways I didn't, you mm. know, I was, um, I, you know, I found it discombobulating and confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought I knew what I was doing kind of, sure. um, but, um, I, I felt like, like emotionally, like my emotions just weren't matching things for a while. Like, sure something bad would happen and I wouldn't feel anything and then something good would happen and I would just feel miserable. And like, I've just, it it was like, um, it it was more, it was like discombobulating, I Mm -hmm. think. Um, you know, when I was in, when I was making good stuff, I think part of making good stuff was just pouring my energy into something that Rob and I were beginning to work on together. We were both going to, you know, make it Mm. together. Right. And, um, so, uh, I poured my energy into that and I think kind of neglected what somebody would call like a, pro- a proper morning process, mm-hmm. you know? Sure. Um, so, um, so in hindsight, I know it was very difficult at the time. It felt more just kind of like, um, emotionally confusing. Sure. And then, um, and, and then, at, you know, interesting a- after I made good stuff, I think it was like a, 2000 um that's that's when the bottom dropped out Mm. for me and i i went into a a depression that was frightening like like really scary like you feel like i could hurt myself you know what i mean i i had never really known uh that kind of depression before but i i thought you know so it's like I had this thing with, with losing Rob. And then the next thing, you know, Sissy and I are having kids. And so I wake up and I've got a house and kids and two cars and bills and this career. And, and then, you know, the bottom is dropping out. And I really, you know, went through a period of time where I thought I'm going to be, I'm going to be a bum on the street. Like, wow. cause I don't see how I'm going to, 
I, how am, I don't see how I'm going to manage any of this. I don't want to take a call. I don't want to jump out of an airplane. Um, you know, and one of the things I think that kept me from, from hurting myself at the time was just, I didn't want my kids to grow up. Like, yeah, my dad took his life. Sure. Right? I was just kind of wishing that I would get run over by a bus. Right. Then I'd have an excuse. Hmm. Right. Hmm. Um, like, the, the kids wouldn't have to grow up with that stigma. So the kids in a lot of ways kind of saved, saved me at the time. Um, and, um, and, and, you know, I, I think that was just part of like finding out that I was as vulnerable as anybody and that I wasn't as tough as I thought I was, Sure, you know? Um, so that's really what it was. It was like a period of kind of being discombobulated, um, you know, uh, working hard, uh, having a fair amount of self-loathing, mm. you know, maybe, you know, there's part of me that felt like, why him, not me, Sure, right. you know, and, um, and then, um, and then recovering and, and, and being better for it. Sure. And, and were you able yeah. to, uh, ask for help from friends and family or was it something that you had to deal a hundred percent on your own? Oh, dude, I was, I was just like, yeah, I was, I was asking for help everywhere. I was, I wasn't, I wasn't hiding it from anybody. Cause I just thought like, this is scary. You know, I need some help. So, you know, my mom travels out from the East coast. My, my sisters and brothers came out. Um, people, you know, were hanging around. My mom's dragging me to every homeopathist, you know, she can find. And I literally had people jam taking crystals and jamming them into my ears, you know, and these weird machines to like balance my chakra and all this shit, you know, and it's like, and then they would, how, how do you feel? And I'm like, I feel nothing. the same. <laughs> nothing. Right. Shit ain't working, you know, I'm drinking these potions that are worthless, you know, and you know, finally, I just got on antidepressants, you know, um, and which my mom was entirely against. She just thought, right. like, you know, you, you're now going into this pharmaceutical, you know, nightmare and your life is going to be ruined by this stuff. But it was like, I had no choice. I was like, Mom, fuck it. I'm doing it. Sure. You I know, sure. and it helped me. It helped me a lot. And if I remember correctly, uh, you, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but you told me swimming helped you a lot. Yeah. Swimming's always been good. Swimming, swimming, you know, is kind of, yeah, I sort of felt like that was part of my sanity. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, um, yeah. And also swimming, I, I also found out that, um, when I did start to have back pain and other things from flying camera, you know, I went to a chiropractor a couple of times and just so happens the guy that I went to his method was like, you know, take a deep breath, relax, relax. And I, it felt like he took a running start from the other side of the room. <laughs> Wham! You know, just like crack my body, you know. Right. It was, you know, it was so swimming is really, I think, a key to my physical longevity mm. in this. I forgot to mention that earlier, but I think that plays a big part. Sure. So, um, Yeah. I actually started swimming, uh, doing a lot of distance stuff as well. And when I'm actively swimming, I find that I'm in a lot less pain overall. So, yeah, I completely agree with you on that. And stepping back into the previous subject, um, I, I think one of the 
one of the things that I had a difficult time getting over um, when losing a close friend and skydiving, the first time I lost a close friend in skydiving, was that I was torn between the fact that I absolutely loved what I did and that what I loved took my friend's life. And it was so difficult mm. to wrap my head around because I didn't want to leave this thing that I loved, even though it caused me such pain and, and took such a horrible toll. And I felt horrible. I felt like a bad person because I still wanted to do this thing that caused such pain to so many other people. And that took a long time to get past. It really did, mm. which is a good thing. That's a really good point. Yeah. You know, um, <clears throat> I know exactly what you're talking about because I was just like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to move on with my life and do something else. I'm done skydiving. It's over, you know, but, and, and that was kind of like a logical, like, okay, I'm out of this. And then, but then you realize it's like, first of all, okay, I'm good at this. Mm. I love doing it. There's a lot of people out there who I know and love and I want to re-engage. So you feel a combination of things like I shouldn't, I should, I should walk away from this because it just took out somebody that's very important to me. Sure. Um, and I remember, you know, some of the people around me were like, get away from that. Yeah. You know, that's not a good sport to be in. Take up soccer, you know, <laughs> whatever. And, but you know, you find yourself drawn back into it because I don't know, we're just wired for it. This is our life. Sure. This is what it is. Well, and I think finally at some point the realization dawned on me as I'm sure it does on a lot of people that, if I were to go out on a skydive, the last thing in the world that I would want were all my friends that jumped to quit jumping because I wasn't around anymore. Right. And I have to assume that the friends along the way that I've lost would feel exactly the same way. They'd probably be pretty yeah. fucking pissed off well, if absolutely. I stopped jumping because they weren't around. I so mean, it's and, tough, and though. On that topic, I mean, for me, I've, I've been very lucky because my perspective is different in terms that I always think, all right. At least they left doing what they love. Sure, and that's the perspective I use. And so for me, I've never, I've never questioned my skydiving, mm. no matter how many friends I've lost or how close they were. It's always been like, listen, they they died doing their, what they love doing the most. Sure, and we're gonna keep going, and hopefully we can learn from their mistake or we can learn from what happened, and hopefully not repeat it. Well, the other benefit too is that. Um, you know, if you're dealing with the loss of a skydiving friend, chances are a whole bunch of other people are sharing that with are you. Well. You know, I mean, uh, Joe, specifically for you, when Rob died, again, I never met the man, and I felt the loss. I had his bumper sticker, um, uh, his tribute sticker on my car window forever. Mm. Um, my good friend and sky mm. surf partner, Mary Tortomasi, she was a huge Rob Harris fan. And so it was a, it was a gut mm. punch to us, and we never met the man. So... I suppose there's there's solace in knowing that so many other people are sharing the same experience at the same time. Well, what Joe probably doesn't know is that Dean, Dean over here used to film Sky Surf as yeah, well. Yeah, and was in the Nationals. He's a podium. He took podium in the, in the U.S. Nationals. I couldn't hold a fucking candle oh, wow. to you guys. The only reason that we took the silver medal is because the bronze didn't show up. <laughs> so, so yes, I filmed a sky oh, surfer. Dude, that's cool. But no, I am not the same kind of cameraman as you. <laughs> no. But it was a fuckload uh, of fun. Dude, but you can relate. You yeah, can no. relate to the movement, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's 
it's a very slow and very fast fall rate thing, right? So you build a lot of skills. Oh, all at the same time. And and I've been lucky enough. I had Andrew Ford. Forty has been in the studio a couple of times, and I've been lucky enough to work with him for quite some time. And so he and I have gotten to talk about it quite a bit. And and uh, in the nationals that I competed in, we were competing against uh, Craig and Tanya, who of course fucking destroyed mm. us because it's Craig and Tanya. Yeah. But it was such a fun competition, and that's actually where I learned how amazing the sport and the competitions can be because we were competing directly against them and they were giving us tips on how to do better on the climb to altitude during the nationals. Now, granted, they knew we didn't stand a fucking chance, but it still stuck with me that they were giving us tips. They were like helping the competition out, which was just such an amazing thing. And that was the one thing that always struck me in regard to sky surfing in general and then again and free flying as it came up was the camaraderie no matter what it didn't matter who won everybody was just amazed to see this badass stuff getting done do you know um i was just i was just out on a project the past couple of days the one i was telling you about that mm. was like a couple of all-nighters um and I, I was working with craig mm. uh and and scott smith and we've been competitors you know over the years um um, and you know, Craig does great work, but we've, you know, like I've always felt that sort of that, you know, we're, we're competitors, sure. right? Been and for the same jobs so, a lot of times. Yeah. But, but interestingly, you know, I think part of my, you know, kind of coming back and embracing the sport is, is also finding out that like, that Craig, you know, is actually a, a very fine human being. And I'm finding this out because Craig and I now we're older. We don't have some of the same hangups or mm. that sort of competitive, you know, uh, like we're just looking out for what jobs are, you know, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but a lot of those sort of barriers went down and we, we speak on a more honest level and I'm like, this is a really fine person, you know, sure. this is, I, I really like these guys. Yeah. And so, um, now when they have a project that they want to do, whether it's paying or not, I'm like, guys, count me in, you know, I want to be a part of this. You guys are doing really cool shit, hmm. you know? And, and, and so, um, and, and yeah, so I really enjoy, I enjoy that part now too, is just this new, just kind of opening up and just, embracing all of it and not just trying to look out for hanging on to work or you sure. know like one of the one of i kind of have a faith now that, that 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 you know i'll be able to pay my bill sure <laughs> well i don't have to worry about it. i can reconnect with these people it right? was so, a yeah. real eye-opener in regard to the industry as well um you know, all these years later, a couple of years back, I was lucky enough to be the pilot for a project that Craig was doing. And I find myself um, in a, a discussion for a dirt dive before I was to fly up him and Tom Cruise and, and one of the other jumpers to do the last Mission Impossible movie. And it was a real moment where I kind of oh, wow. stood back and I scratched my head and I'm like, holy shit, I jumped out of an airplane once 20 something years ago and now 
I'm flying Tom Cruise and Craig O'Brien up to do a video shoot for, you know, a, a huge Hollywood blockbuster. And I went, who ever would have thought that deciding to jump out of an airplane would have led to that or sitting right. here and talking to you guys? It's right. it's fucking phenomenal that the sport has led so many people to so many amazing things that don't necessarily have anything to do with jumping. I mean, they've just led us to incredible places. It's just fantastic. It is astounding. You know, it's amazing. It really is. It, it's funny. I was telling Craig just recently, you know, I was just like, you know, well, first of all, what he did on on Mission Impossible, the whole walkthrough inside of the plane, that mm-hmm. single shot right yes. until exit yep. backing out of the plane and all of that was just astounding. You know, Phenomenal. it was just a beautiful shot. And I told him that originally. And, and then I told him, of course, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not jealous at all, I'm not <laughs> even slightly jealous. However, every time I see or think about you, the theme from Mission Impossible Impossible. plays in my head. But other than that, I'm not jealous at all. (laughs) Right? Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, my God, you know. Yeah. What a stellar gig. Just sitting there scratching my head going, I cannot believe that because I decided to jump out of an airplane one day 25 years ago that I'm I'm flying a twin otter with fucking Craig O'Brien and Tom Cruise. What the fuck? It was just one of those wow moments that you're just never going to be able to, you know, I'll tell this story 20 years from now if I'm lucky enough to still be around and nobody's going to believe me. I don't, I think half the people that don't jump don't believe me anyway. (laughs) And what, what, you know, what's funny though. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, please go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say, when you talk about 20 years from now, what's funny is how many people don't know us anymore. I walk onto a drop zone, right? And, bro, bro, they don't even you know. know us now. <laughs> oh, dude. dude, it's crazy, right? This is my favorite. I'm standing on the drop zone, and Omar is there jumping, and he was. This was a couple of years ago. I think you were doing a tribute jump, and so you're shirtless with the red rig and the jeans, right. and you're gonna go yeah. do the the. Last uh, year. Yeah, absolutely. And there's the ground crew that are out there that are young skydivers that are like, so who's the who's the guy jumping without a shirt on? I mean, is this the Middle East? Shouldn't he have a shirt on? And I'm like, that's Omar. What do you mean that's Omar? And I'm like, that's the Omar. Are you kidding me? And then, yeah, <laughs> the Capital Omar. D. And then like two days later, she comes back because her jumper boyfriend has put the videos on for her. And she's like, oh, fuck, that was the Omar. And I'm like, yes, now you understand. Dinosaurs, we're dinosaurs, bro. It's over. No, you guys are still <laughs> rock stars. Come on. No, no, no. There's- Dude, it's true. Like, I've been like. You know, I've been sitting back of the plane. I'll have some young person telling me, so when are you getting out and what are you doing? And, <laughs> and when you get by the car, around with this or that or so on and so forth. And I'm like, cool, dude. yeah, I'm good. I think I, you know, I got this, you know, and, and, and <laughs> you know, it's just like. It's funny. That didn't happen right? in 95. Yeah, no, it yeah. didn't, but it does now. It's funny. Well, I, I've i been a pilot for so long now, flying jumpers, and didn't jump for quite a while. I've had, I don't know how many people go, so have you ever made a jump? And <laughs> fucking 12,000 jumps. And I just will nod and go, yeah, I've done a couple of jumps. Oh, bro, it was hilarious. Uh, you know, uh, Joe, 
Joe, I was in, know, I was in the wind tunnel. I was in the wind tunnel uh, like three weeks ago, watching do- my daughter flying, and here comes this girl who's a freestylist uh, in the tunnel, and obviously I think does freestyle as well in the air. And she turns around, she looks at me, she goes, "That's your daughter." I'm like, "Yeah," you know, with a proud look in my face. And she goes, "Do you jump as well?" I'm like, "Sometimes." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I made a jump or two, one or two. I may have done mm-hmm. some stuff. So. I got to ask, what have you got any uh, projects coming up? Have you got any uh, any big things on the horizon? Any uh, any fun projects? You throwing any more living room sets out of airplanes? So um, this is actually something that um, that Omar, I'm going to reach out to you. Uh-oh. I like <clears throat> it. I like it. Here we go. Um, I well, so you know we we've, we've got this whole COVID. Mm-hmm. madness right now mm-hmm. um but i think you know as things come back to normal um with all of this new technology and cameras i mean gopros are just freaking inc- gopros piss me off right right because they so are amazing. so damn good yeah <laughs> yeah and i'm jumping this big heavy camera and sometimes <laughs> the little gopro on my helmet looks better it's like what the hell is this thing you know right um but you know all this you know new technology and filming and 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 i i'm i'm just thinking about like junk day 2.0 honestly like, like it. where uh we go out and we spend you know uh, like i'm thinking to go out a month in advance and really prep some beautiful things mm-hmm. you know and think about you know skyvan stuff but maybe a couple c130 things like just really do something you know, another junk day with a little more planning and, and, yep. and, but I'd like to bring in a lot of the same people, um, that the people who were there before I'd love whoever's still jumping. I'd love to, you know, have them come out and participate. Count can, me in. Can I throw so, in a suggestion? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I got an idea. I want you to, if you, especially if you got a C-130, you guys got to make a mini starship and get Elon to sign off on it uh-huh. and ride the starship. <laughs> out of the back of a C one thirty, please. I want to see. I want to see that. A Starship <laughs> or a Tesla? And no, both. <laughs> have the Teslas That'd be amazing. too. Amazing. You the- know, I thought about a Tesla, and I thought a Tesla would be pretty cool. But how do you, you know, how do you, how do you raise the bar on a freaking Tesla that's out orbiting the sun? You don't. Right yeah, now, you, you, you can't. You, you don't. just can't. You don't. No, no, no. You, you got a. You, you got a good point there. That's why you got to do a mock up Starship yeah. <laughs> for sure. Now, um, how do people, um, how do people see, cause there's new jumpers that have never seen good stuff. Don't even know how to find it. How are they going to find good stuff? Where is it? How do they find out who the hell Joe Jennings is if they don't know who Joe Jennings is and how do they follow what you're doing Ooh. now? I want uh, social media, uh, you know, how do people track what's going on? Um, well, let's see. Um, so I'm I'm on Facebook. I'm not a good Facebooker though. Honestly, I I I get on every now and then. Uh but I I think I'm like anybody. I get, kind of get sucked into the rabbit hole and I and <laughs> and I realize like I have to regulate myself so I avoid it. Um I have an Instagram. I've got my own website and the website is um is skydive.tv. So like Tom Victor so that's my website. It's a damn good website. Um, yeah, and those so 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 
So those are places where people can tune in. Good stuff. Um, I still have it, you know, on on DVD, which, you know, the DVDs are kind of worth like what a coffee coaster is worth today. (laughs) You know, a lot of people don't even have DVD players. So I've got to think about how to digitize it and make it available. Um, so, um, yeah, that's something I'll probably work on, you know, cause it's a, it's a, you know, it's an old school video, but I think, Oh, it's awesome. You know, I, I hate yeah, to say, I hate to say this, but you need to digitize it and put it on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, man. Get it on YouTube. Just get it out there. Absolutely. That's, mm. that is fucking classic stuff. And I'm sorry. I don't care what level Scott ever you are or what age, there's no way you hit play on good stuff and don't go, holy shit. Yeah. And, and watch the whole thing yeah. over and over again. Especially knowing when it was mm. filmed and mm. how truly sketchy now some of that stuff was. I mean, fuck. <laughs> there's no way. There's oh, no- it was, it was sketchy. Like a lot of it was like, I, you know, it was, it was <laughs> nice to have survived making it yeah. yeah no kidding yeah well you know? I, I for one am definitely glad that you survived it i'm glad that uh solar joe is no more that the midlife crisis didn't actually catch you and that you're back into jumping i am stoked to find out that you're back in the air for sure 100 percent. oh man thank you yeah i, I feel the same way Joe, man, I don't, I, I cannot thank you enough for taking this time. It took a little doing, but we finally managed to wrangle you in. We got you sat down. I know you had a long day yesterday, but we got you today. And man, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you, Joe. Really, guys, this has been great. This has been great, and and it's it's fun to do. You know, on Skype, I, Omar, I'm seeing you on video. It's like. There he is. You know, I haven't seen you in a while. It's great <laughs> no, to see you again. So great to see you too, brother, man. I miss you and yeah. I love you. And please tell Sissy and the boys Thank that you, I love brother. them and miss them so much as well. Awesome, Joe. Take care, man. Absolutely. Take care. Peace Thanks, out. Team. Bye, guys. Well, there you have it. Another episode of the Lunatic Fringe Podcast brought to you as always by, well, wait, not as always, actually. Brought to you now by Gyro. Formerly known as Enziero Sports, you'll head to gyro.com for their next level line of canopies. By Pussfoot, the Extreme Sports Collective. Head over to pussfoot.com to check it out. By Summit Parachute Systems, check out summitparachutesystems.com to talk to Jarrett Martin and the gang about kick-ass pilot rigs, rigging courses, and more. By Flyaway Indoor Skydiving, go to flyawaytn.com and check out all the cutting-edge stuff to come. By Pure Spectrum CBD, head to PureSpectrumCBD.com to check out their wide range of CBD products. And as for us, head to the LunaticFringePodcast.com to listen to any of the hundreds of episodes currently available, hit the link for our YouTube channel, pick up your copy of the Lunatic Fringe book or The Accidental Stripper, and get a sneak peek at upcoming guests. Once again, thanks for listening, we'll see you next time. <laughs>